Welcome to the Superflex Super Show. I am here with John McGlynn. John, the, the the big Irishman, how you doing today, bud? Fantastic. It's a great day for a podcast. Yeah, absolutely, man. So this is this is uh, my first one in a little bit here, so I'm looking forward to it. John and I are going to go over starting sits. This is the second segment of the green, white, yellow, light, red, white segment. And uh, let me go ahead and explain what we're going to be doing here. The green lights, we're going to tell you, we're going to go game by game. And this is the uh, part two of this series. So uh, the games that you didn't hear in part one, we're going to cover in part two. And uh, the segment basically consists of green lights. These are players that you can start with confidence. And we're not going to list some of the guys that you know, you know, Saquon Barkley and those types. We're going to list some guys that, you know, you might be questionable about after week one. Maybe they had a solid performance. You're not sure if they're going to follow it up. Or maybe they had a disappointing performance, and we think this is a week that they can uh, they can get right. Um, so we're going to give you a start with confidence. It's green, white, yellow, white. These players are startable, but you want to temper your expectations a little bit. And red, white, hey, bench them if you can. We're expecting them to struggle in a tough matchup. So, uh, John, before we get started, we all play fantasy football for fun. Informational podcasts are awesome, but sometimes you just want to listen to something fun. The Dynasty Game Night podcast is all about having fun and playing fantasy football-related games with friends and with the community. You can listen to the Dynasty Game Night podcast and join and sign up and subscribe at DLF or DynastyLeagueFootball.com. I do want to throw it over to Ethan and John. Ethan, John, you guys have some injury information for us. Uh, John Hogue and uh, and Ethan, our resident doctor, uh, I'd like to throw it over to you guys so you guys can fill us in on some injury information. John Hogue, super flex dude, back here with Ethan Turner. It's at eTurnerFF underscore PT for your injury report for the second half of the NFL slate. This is the AFC home games. And uh, not nearly as many players to talk about today, um, but we still have a handful. And we're going to start again at the quarterback position, Ethan, with Baker Mayfield with that hand injury. Uh, he left wearing uh, some kind of brace on his hand uh, after the game. Um, it, w- it was very concerning to Mayfield owners. So uh, what's what's the prognosis with Baker Mayfield? Yeah, Baker left that game with a, a wrist hand injury. We haven't really gotten a full explanation. The brace he had on actually made it look more like a thumb injury, which is kind of interesting. Uh, he did have x-rays on his hand. They did not find anything with those, which means, again, uh, probably just a bruise of some sort. Um I mean, the guy got sacked five times and he had a safety, so it's not like he didn't uh, go through the fire this week. But those x-rays being negative, um, the fact that it's his throwing hand is a little bit uh, concerning just because if it's a, a significant bruise, you know, he might not be able to grip the ball as well as he, he usually does. It could uh, affect his his throwing velocity a little bit, but not shouldn't affect it too much. Um, I, I think he plays this week. I don't really think there's any question of if he plays. I think the real question is, uh, did we have too high of expectations for a second-year quarterback? Um, I, I think he has a bounce-back game, but, I, I, again, uh, this injury is not helping him. Yeah, that's uh, that, that could make things interesting if it does affect the grip. Uh, that's kind of it at the quarterback position. Let's move on to the wide receivers and uh, start off with a – a softball here for you with Quincy Anunwa. Yeah, I, I, you know, Anunwa is one of those guys that I really feel for. He has a neck injury. He gets placed on IR. It's season ending. There's no way he's coming back. The, the team already said that. He missed pretty much, uh, I think he missed all of 2017 with a neck injury as well. You know, I, you hate to see uh, a guy who, uh, you know, I really felt like had some promise in the NFL. Um, just two two years of neck injuries. I would, I would be kind of interested because I'm a nerd this way, but in what his neck looks like um, after these two <laughs> injuries, you know, I, I, I guess uh, to be that young and to miss this much time with neck injuries is not a good thing. Uh, I really worry about his long-term health. Uh, I think he's going to have to, uh, lucky for him, he got an extension last year, but I think he's really going to have to kind of sit back and say, you know, is this worth you know putting myself at risk and i think the the next question is going to be are they going to clear him to come back you know it's uh it's pretty rare that you have two neck injuries but in a sport like football you know the medical decision has to come down to the doctors and i don't know very many doctors uh if his neck is as bad as these injuries make it seem that would go yeah go ahead go play again you know you're talking about uh, we've already seen 
what could happen, uh, not necessarily with an injury, but just with the impact of neck injuries um, with Ryan Shazier. I mean, that guy's life has changed forever. So uh, and is going to have a lot to talk to uh, to talk with his family about and decide if he wants to put put himself at risk uh, for possibly a third neck injury. But I feel bad for him because, you know, it just seems like one of those guys that just can't catch a break. So much promise too. yeah. One more wide receiver here. Sterling Shepard concussed and uh, hasn't been practicing, uh, at least to this point. We're actually recording this on Wednesday. So um, he uh, he could have made it back to practice late in the week for all we know. But as of right now, with the information at hand, uh, what do you expect with Sterling Shepard? I don't honestly, I'm not sure. I would say if you had to, if you had to ask me right now, I don't think he plays this week. Um, and the reason for that is that he has had three other reported concussions dating back to high school. He had two in high school um, and he had one in college and the one in college, he actually missed a game due to the concussion. Uh, I think it's also worth noting. This is just an interesting, interesting tidbit, but in, in 2017, he missed two games because of migraine headaches. So uh, I worry that he is a guy that does not respond well to these concussions. I always say that with concussions, you're more likely to get one every time you get one. Um, you're more likely to get another one, and the symptoms last tend to last longer with each one. So if an, if he missed a game with his last one, it's very likely that he could miss a game again with this one. Uh, it's not a normal concussion. If he still isn't practicing by Friday, I do I do not expect him to play. That's all interesting stuff that we're probably going to need to focus a little bit more on because it's it's so difficult to understand the concussions. That the added element is just the NFL's concussion protocol, uh, which is a great thing, but also just makes it really difficult for fantasy purposes. Uh, to understand when a player is going to be cleared uh, to play again. Um, onto the running back position, and we really only have one guy, but this is one that I think people are are particularly interested in. Darius Geis with that knee injury on the, the non-ACL repaired knee. Uh, it, it, are we looking at a, a significant amount of time missed with this? So the team came out and said it's a meniscus injury. So uh, he's week to week because we haven't really, we haven't, they haven't said anything about how they're going to manage it. Uh, usually with a meniscus tear, you're talking about an arthroscopic surgery. Um, if that happens, then you're looking at about four to six weeks to return. Um, I, I think with guys, it's really going to be a question of if he doesn't have surgery, you know, we're probably looking at only a couple weeks, maybe two to four. Uh, if he has surgery, we're looking at four to six. So uh, hopefully we get some kind of clarity. Uh, I don't like it when teams say, oh, you know, we know what's wrong with them, but they don't tell us what they're going to do about it. Uh, that is very non-traditional. Um, maybe they're worried about going back in with a surgery because he had all the issues with the infections with his ACL. Uh, that I don't know if that's playing a role or not. Again, I don't know anything about the medical management of these guys behind the scenes, but I think it's interesting if it is a meniscus tear that we haven't heard anything about him having an arthroscopic procedure to address it. So it sounds like he's for sh he's he's most likely out week two. Uh, maybe we can read definitely out him. week two. Yeah, okay. Definitely out week two. Most likely out week three as well. We're there you go. Week four at the earliest. Nice. Okay. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll readdress it. Uh, maybe in week three pr plan on uh, week four before Darius guys even fits back into your fantasy lineup plans uh, onto the tight end position, heavy casualties at the tight end. And I think we've got to start with, I mean, the biggest name out of the group and also probably the most heartbreaking at this point, you talked about Quincy and Nunwa being a guy who can't catch a break Hunter Henry <laughs> back on the, back on the injured list and uh this sounds like this could be another uh fairly significant one yeah so he has a, a tibial plateau fracture so he's out week two for sure uh really a stunner on wednesday we did not really hear much about this um until that tweet dropped from i cannot remember for the life of me i couldn't remember this on the live show either but uh one of the two big ones wrapped 
rapper uh, Chef reported that he had this tibial plateau fracture. Basically, it's a fracture at the top of his tibia where it meets the femur. It's basically the top of the tibia, um, which the top of your shin bone, essentially. Um, the extent of the damage is really, they haven't really said much about it. The team is optimistic that he won't have to go on IR. So they expect him back within or earlier than eight weeks. The timeline that's floating around on Twitter is four to six weeks. I talked about this a little bit on the live show too, but I just, I think it's possible, but it seems very optimistic. It does not seem like uh, the type of recovery timeline that I would put on this injury. Usually with NFL players, you're looking at a minimum of six to eight weeks with a plateau fracture. I mean, it's a fracture. The bone takes six weeks to heal regardless of what you do to it. So um, to say that he's going to be back in less than six is, uh, not ideal at best. I don't think that that's probably a, a good timeline that's being kind of floated around out there. I would say six to eight, um, kind of a tough break in this tight end class that's been pretty disappointing thus far. Uh, you know, it's it's just a bad year for tight ends anyway, and now we're losing a top 10 tight end option. So again, tough break for this guy. Uh, hopefully we see him again this year though, because Tibial flat plateau fractures can be season threatening. So uh, hopefully we get some, some good news in the next six weeks. I think six to eight weeks is probably about as good a news as anybody was expecting you here. Just a broken tibia. That's that's to the, to the rest of us laymen. That's, that's kind of what we heard. And, and it was like, man, that's easily season ending. So to hear that there's a chance he plays again this year, well, uh, this is worse than a broken tibia. <laughs> I'll be honest. All right. Yes, because it, it's the plateau. So it's basically the, the 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 top of your tibia that connects with your femur to make your knee joint. Um, the problem is, is that it's the primary loading point of the the bone. So if he had just broken his tibia like right in the middle. Um, yeah, it would still be six to eight weeks, but they can fix it with plates. They can do a lot of different things. He might still have surgery for this, but a small hairline fracture, you know, there's not, you're probably going to be immobilized. You're probably not going to be able to walk on it at all. Um, and again, because it's that, that, uh, load bearing portion of the bone, it's highly, highly, um, likely to not heal well because it's trying to hold you up so you know if you're if you're trying to heal a bone you don't want to just like constantly pressure it so um, that's why i think that the four to six weeks is is pretty generous i just don't feel like this is going to be one of those things that uh heals that quickly i think it's going to take longer oh wow okay good to know um yeah we've got two more tight ends here um and these are these are kind of uh these are normal normal culprits i suppose <laughs> repeat offenders how about that these are, <laughs> um, these are frequent flyers that's yeah. in the hospital frequent flyers they, they roll in often <laughs> there you go there you go we we try not to use the term injury prone but uh, if there was ever a time to use it you you use it with jordan reed and yet another concussion uh, this is actually stemming from the off season as well. He missed week one. Um, what are the likely? What's the likelihood of him making it back for week two? Not good. Not good. Reed has seven reported concussions since entering the NFL, and I, I always like to preface that those are just the ones we know about. Uh, seven reported concussions is probably in the top five for the league. Uh, not a good stat to be in the top five in the league of. Um, you got to think this is dating back. We're not even counting the peewee football concussions that he probably has. Uh, it's not good. Uh, it's so not good that I do, I would not be surprised if he misses week two and even into week three if he's not clearing the concussion protocol in week three. Uh, then the team really has to take a step back and go, is it? Uh, negligent for us to let this guy continue to play football. Like I said before, each concussion increases the length of the symptoms for the next. So you just do the math. This is number seven, possibly number 12. Uh, it's very serious. I'm genuinely, personally, I'm genuinely concerned about his long-term health um, and the health of his brain, because the more we learn about these concussions, the more uh, uh 
and the damage that it causes the brain, the more I get concerned when I see guys like Reed that have this many on their record. For his own quality of life, we would love to stop talking about Jordan Reed. <laughs> so, this um, is true. yeah, yeah. As, as great of player as, as he is when he's healthy, it just doesn't happen nearly as often uh, as, as not. So one last guy, Greg Olson, back injury. Uh, is uh, is he going to be an option in week two? Yeah, so Greg Olson, he's dealing with a, a back issue. Uh, he's not practicing this week, um, short week. Seriously questioning if he's going to play. Uh, this show comes out um, on Friday, I believe, so or Saturday. So uh, we will know if he played or not. I'm going to guess that he does not play. Uh, even if he did play, I would be sitting him. That's going to do it for this week. Well, actually, I've got one more guy that I wanted to ask you about real quick. Back to the wide receiver position. Stephon Diggs, who had been on the injury report going into week one. He played through the injury and uh, and apparently now is, is healthy. He's off of the, the injury report. Any concerns or reservations with Stephon Diggs? If Stefan Diggs is on the injury report, you should not be starting him. He has shown <laughs> that if he is not at 100%, he's not playing well. Uh, I'm concerned because the team only threw the ball like 10 times last week, which is uh, uh, you want to talk about a throwback game. Like this is as throwback as it gets. 10, 10 passes. You just paid a quarterback $84 million guaranteed to let him throw 10 times. Uh, that is super concerning for Stefan Diggs, who uh, – despite being supremely talented, still shares the field with other supremely talented wide receivers in, in Adam Thielen. So uh, if they're only going to throw the ball 10 times, yeah, I'm concerned. Um, as far as his health goes, I'm not as concerned this week as I was last week. Uh, Diggs has shown if he shows up on the injury report that he's probably not the the best start. Uh, and I think that I hope, at least from my, my own fantasy team's perspective, that the <laughs> that the Vikings start throwing the ball more because uh, unless you have Dalvin Cook, you're in some serious trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As as much as I love Dalvin Cook, yeah, that this type of run pass split uh, is is not a good thing. Uh, it, it's not nearly as good as is it as one would think for a running back to get that type of volume, that type of workload. But that'll do it for our injury report our hip HIPAA violations quote unquote uh for the second half of the week two nfl slate he's ethan turner at e turner ff underscore pt and make sure you give him a follow and uh and definitely pay attention to what he's doing on uh saturday night sunday morning um particularly sunday morning is the uh the the game time decisions come rolling in um, he's going to keep you updated. So there you go. There you have it. There's your injury report. We'll do it again next week. All right, guys, that was great stuff. So, John, now that we're back, let's go ahead and start with the Chargers and the Lions. You got that game. You broke that game down. What do you think with the Chargers and the Lions? Well, this may be uh, what people consider a toss-up here, but Austin Eckler from the Chargers, um, he should get all all they can handle in this game. He has plenty of work. He, he has all the work in the receiving game. I uh, I don't see Justin Jackson uh, getting. It was more, it was a lot a big pretty big split last week anyway. But I think Eckler's going to take control of this game. Uh, that's it, just look for Austin Eckler to get all the receiving yards, all the a lot more rushing, and it, the most fantasy points for for this game for any Chargers running back uh, by quite a bit. So that's kind of like I said. I don't want to get a toss up, but Austin Eckler just seems like the the most probable toss up in this whole game. So. Um, as far as yellow lights are concerned, uh, TJ Hawkinson from the Lions, um, I was not surprised that he would be, he would be as good as he was in his first NFL game. Um, I'm surprised at how much he did with what the opportunity that he did have in week one, the Chargers are always good against the tight end position. So I'm just saying not to expect a repeat of week one from TJ Hawkinson. That's, uh, that's what I think there is my yellow light is my red light. Mike Williams from the Chargers. Uh, he had to leave the game last week because of because of a knee injury. Um, if there's any sign of trouble, he might have limited snaps or be a game time scratch possibly. Um, if that happens, Travis Benjamin might be the guy, uh, the go to guy in this week. Uh, any 
it might be splitting, splitting snaps with Mike Williams also. So uh, just be careful with Mike Williams this week. That's uh, that's my red light. Yeah, I like that. Not, I'm not sure that Mike Williams is going to play, but if he does, he, he absolutely should be limited. And uh, and that, you know, John, I got to ask you in the red zone, Hunter Henry, you know, he's going to miss time. If Mike Williams misses this game, what do you think in the red zone? I mean, obviously, Austin Eckler is Justin Jackson, maybe a sneaky play to maybe get a touchdown vulture, a touchdown here. Or who else do you see that might play big in the red zone? Is it all Keenan Allen, maybe? Uh, nobody can replace Hunter Henry, but I mean, Virgil Green might be that guy. Uh, to um, uh, to catch a couple passes in the red zone. But like I said, you can't replace Hunter Henry. Justin Jackson is, I mean, he's a piece of workhorse. He, at Northwestern, he was an animal. The guy carried tons. So the, nobody's saying that he can't do it. But uh, I, Austin, I mean, Justin Jackson is, is a beast. But Keenan Allen last week was incredible. And I could see that repeat performance for Keenan Allen. He's definitely the golden boy here. Um, so that, that's where I stand with that. Okay, very nice, very nice. Okay, so the next game I have is the Vikings and the Packers. That one in Green Bay. This should be a, a really good matchup. Both these defenses showed out in week one, um, so this one should be fun for fantasy uh, because, you know, who, who do you start? Well, my green light is Devontae Adams. Look, you can start him with confidence. Devontae Adams has traditionally done very well against Minnesota, even though he's he's gone up against uh, some good corners over there in Minnesota and a very good defense. Devontae Adams has traditionally done very well. He traditionally scores a touchdown and hey, in games, bounce back games after less than 50 yards receiving Devontae Adams bounces back strong. I think you can start him with confidence and you can expect a hundred yards and a touchdown. I really do. Um, and that's, that's hard to say when, you know, you're playing Minnesota, but I, I think you can, you can, he's, he's going to be usable this game. My yellow light is is Delvin Cook. And look, Delvin Cook looked great week one. He looked as good as we thought he could if he would be healthy. And and he is. And he, he looked fantastic. However, so did the Green Bay defense. Look, the Green Bay defense really did a number on Chicago and really held those backs in check, no matter what back it was. You could say Tariq Cohen did fine, but Tariq Cohen mainly played out of the slot. When Mike Davis was in, even when David Montgomery was in, you know, they, they limited those touches because it seemed like the Green Bay defense actually did something against those guys. I do think that they should have given, uh, given uh, you know, David Montgomery more touches. Uh, however, uh, I think Green Bay's defense dictated a lot of that that they didn't. So um, I, I say Delvin Cook, hey, I think he's going to be startable. I think you can use him, but I don't expect a repeat performance from last week. My red light is Kirk Cousins. Look, that Green Bay defense looked really good, and they looked really good in the passing game as well. That back end looks good. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. They have speed. This one's in Green Bay. I expect Kirk Cousins to struggle a little bit. This one's going to be outdoors. Um, he didn't He didn't really look great. I mean, they, they didn't throw the ball very much. What, 10, 10 pass attempts last game? I think the writing's on the wall. They're not going to want to throw the ball very often. If this gets into a shootout, it doesn't bode well for Kirk Cousins. I think this is a game where if you can bench him, you bench him. Uh, John, you have any thoughts I, on that? I can't see a 10 passing game happening for a while. That was, I know that they want to run, I know the Vikings want to run the ball a little bit, uh, a lot this year, but uh, 10 passes is ridiculous. Diggs was on the injury report last week, which everybody knows that when Diggs is on the injury report, don't expect a lot from him. Uh, he's off the injury report now. Um, I'm expecting. Uh, Chad Beebe is kind of a sneaky pickup this week, too. Uh, just a guy who uh, fills in, take a couple more catches away. Um, Dalvin Cook is definitely a go-to. He's definitely the go-to here, but I could see the receiving game probably having at least, probably at least seven to ten more uh, opportunities in the receiving game. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with you. I don't I don't expect a repeat performance of, of 10 passing attempts. You're, you're absolutely right there. I think there's going to be more passing attempts. I just don't know that Kirk Cousins is going to be very successful. I think Green Bay's defense really impressed me week one, and, and they really they added a lot to that defense um, really through the draft and through a free agency. I just think they got better. They got quicker. And I think that's going to be a tougher matchup for Minnesota this week. Now, I do think those Minnesota receivers are going to be fine, but I think these two two straight matchups where, I mean, hey, week one, the game script really was against them. But this one, I think the matchups might be against them a little bit. I, I definitely think that uh, we can see a bounce back for some of those guys, but I would temper my expectations if I had uh, Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs, to be honest with you. But let's go to the next game, John. You have the Bills and the Giants Bills, Giants, you wouldn't think there's a whole lot of fantasy relevance here, but there, there's some there's some gold to be mined, huh? 
there is uh, everybody. Uh, my guy, uh, Josh Allen, is just someone. Everybody kind of made fun of him when he got drafted. Didn't like him last year. He didn't do too well. Uh, he's getting a. He's getting better at seeing the field and finding open receivers. Uh, I said getting good. He's not good yet, but his ability to tuck and run is what will rack up fantasy points for your team. He's uh, he's not quite the quarterback everybody wants him to be, but there, there's a lot of miles. There's a lot of uh, good receivers on this team now that uh, you know that, that Josh Allen can throw to. They they, they line him up with speed. Uh, they got John Brown, Cole Beasley, Zay Jones. Robert Foster. I mean, it, uh, Dawson Knox hasn't really panned out yet, but uh, you know, it's or Tommy Sweeney. There's a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of opportunity on this team for Josh Allen t- to uh, to make something happen here. So uh, that's my go-to. That's my green light. I don't see how even if he fails in the passing game or dumping off Singletary, uh, he's going to make it happen with his legs. So he's he's my green light definitely for this game. What do you feel about that? I actually like it. I, I do. I, look, I don't like Josh Allen, you know, long-term as a dynasty asset. I'd be looking to move him. But this might be a game that I'd keep him and try to move him after just because I expect him to have a good game against that Giants defense. This Giants defense isn't very good. It wasn't good last year. It didn't look to be very good. I mean, they just let Dak Prescott throw all over them. So I, I think Josh Allen can can definitely find success in this game. This one's in New York, but this is not – I mean – it might as well be in Buffalo. I mean, this is not a, you know, this isn't really a traditional type of road game when you're, you're in Buffalo and you're going to New York to take on the Giants. So uh, I, I, I really like Josh Allen. I think this is a nice play. I think this is a nice spot to use them. If you have them, this is a week that you want to use them. So yeah, I'm, I'm all in on that. I think it's a good call, John. Yeah. My yellow light here is Sterling Shepard. He's in concussion protocol right now. It seems like he's getting out of it. Uh, they said he's looking pretty good. Um, but even if he is cleared, um, he might be on a snap count. Um, that that with the combination of a very tough Bills pass defense uh, is a recipe for disaster. There's uh, there's only so many options in New York to begin with. Uh, Saquon running the ball, Evan Ingram seems to be. If Sterling Shepard can't go at all, I, you're looking at. Uh, I mean, it might be just the Evan Ingram show. Uh, Golden Tate suspended, Latimer's hurt, Benny, Benny Flower. I mean, it's they might have to go find someone in the street just to play on Sunday. So I don't I don't know what uh, what they're gonna do here, but. It's a, hopefully Shepard comes back and he's not in too much of a snap count, but it's a big concern to me. So he's my yellow light for this game. Um, yeah. And real quick, John, it looks like he was just not, not long ago, a few hours ago. Um, and again, we're, we're recording this on Friday. Um, it looks like he was just ruled out. Um, so it looks like he is going to miss this game. So, so we can officially now red light him. Um, he, he definitely would have been a green, uh, a yellow light for me too. Um, because, you know, you'd want to start them only because, like you said, the options, you know, I mean, they, they don't have much there, but it looks like he's going to miss this game. And so we can red white them. And like you said, man, that makes Evan Ingram maybe another green light. There might be two green lights here and Evan Ingram's got to be one. That's just, I mean, if bag, it'll, be, it'll be bright green for Saquon and Evan, Evan Ingram. Yeah, there won't yeah, be anything abso- else to go to. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So we got a red white though, John, who's your red white? Uh, Eli Manning. Uh, Giants. Yeah, he looked good last week. But the Bills have a really good defense, especially a good pass rush. I don't see uh, the defense he covered up last week is nothing compared to what he's going to see this week. I don't expect much from Eli Manning. I, I don't. I don't. I, he's going to get killed. Look for him to just dump the ball off and get rid of it as soon as possible, and not have a lot of good stats. Today. It'll probably be a lot of three and outs for for Eli. Yeah. Manning. Yeah, man, keep your phone on. He might be throwing to you or me. You know, I mean, the Giants contact us. You never know. You know, I mean, we're we're just as good as anybody else. They might be throwing out there. Man, this is brutal. This this is a brutal spot for the Giants. Um, seems like the injuries are just mounting up on that offensive side. So that, yeah, really good stuff, John. I'm I'm gonna go ahead to the next game. I have the Cowboys and the Redskins. Look, this one's in Washington. Dallas coming off a very dominant performance against the Giants. Offensively, they looked fantastic. Dak wants to get paid, and he looked like he should get paid. But you know what's lost in this? What's lost in this is that Washington actually looked good offensively. They scored 26 points against the Philadelphia Eagles, and I don't care if a a touchdown of that was in garbage time. That counts for my fantasy squad. So my green light is Case Keenum. Look, Case Keenum proved that he can throw the ball with uh, with the options that he has in this game. Darius Geis is going to miss. Adrian Peterson's going to start, but I think this could be a shootout. I mean, if Dallas looks anything like they did last week against the Giants, and hey, look, Washington's defense looked pretty successful in the second half against the Eagles last week. 
Dallas might be uh, might be up, and it looks like Washington might have to keep up. So I, I think Case Keenum is going to throw early and often. I could see a lot of passing attempts, which means a lot of yards. Could mean a couple garbage time touchdowns too. So Case Keenum is my green light. What do you think, John? Yeah, look for Chris Thompson to get a lot of uh, play this week too. A lot of receptions out, out of the backfield. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn. I mean, it's, uh, this is a situation where – uh, you know, they can't use Adrian Peterson that much. I'm not sure his boat he, he can put up with. I mean, he, he did good last year, but they were completely prepared to, to, to sit him on the bench most of the season until guys, guys got hurt. So uh, I would expect them not to use Peterson as much as everybody, everybody thinks. I think it'd be a lot more passing, a lot of dump offs. And that, uh, Keenum's a good pick here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, th- I think you're right. I think, you know, it, it just screams that they, they want to throw the ball uh, and they're going to have to. I think the game script's going to call for it. So, I like the, uh, the the quarterback and the pass catch, catching options, which brings me to my yellow light, and that's Terry McLaurin. Look, Terry McLaurin really caught some people off guard, you know, week one with his performance. But, I mean, maybe he shouldn't have. I mean, look, this guy, I, I understand he was a later-round pick, and I understand that, um, you know, it, it was Washington. Not a lot was expected. There were 10-point underdogs. But when you really look at the situation, I mean, Washington was going to have to throw, right? I mean, we all expected them to be down. We all expected them to have to pass the ball someone's going to have to catch the ball there. And they just didn't have a lot of options, especially yeah. when you consider Jordan Reed was going to miss the game. So, you know, they couldn't try out two tight ends with Reed and Vernon Davis. So it just, it, it, it screamed, Hey, look, one of these guys that's starting for Washington is probably going to be uh, going to get some points. And Terry McLaurin was that guy. And I think Terry McLaurin is uh, talented enough from the film. I watched at Ohio state that he can continue doing this. So I like McLaurin. I think this is a good spot for him. I, however, don't expect him to put up what he did last week. I would temper my expectations, but I think this is a good spot for him. I think I'd start him here. Yeah, 11. I'm looking probably somewhere 9 to 12 points for McLaurin this week. That's probably his uh, his area here. It's going to be – they're going to have to spread the ball around a little bit to kind of make some things happen here. So I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see like a 6 for 60 stat, you know, so, something like that, 6 for 68, something like that to where he's getting, you know, you know, even 12 points in a PPR. But we'll we'll see. Uh, my red white is Jason Witten. And look, Jason Witten last week, you know, kind of kind of had that had a touchdown. And, you know, people are looking at Jason Witten and going, man, this offense can throw the ball. And, you know, man, maybe I want a piece of this offense. Maybe Jason Witten's the guy, you know, you're weak at tight end. You pick him up, you play him. I just don't think this is the week. Zach Ertz really didn't light the world on fire last, last week. And the Eagles had a plus matchup. So what does that tell me when Zach Ertz can't do much and now Jason Witten's coming to town? It tells me that it might be a good matchup to bench him. If you have better options, which you should, I would I would look at uh, at at those options over Jason Witten this week. Yeah, that's the the whole combination last week. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb. That they, they looked awesome last week. That was a great situation. I think Witten's going to get lost in the mix here, especially because uh, you know Zeke took him a uh, took him a game to get his sea legs on. You could tell he's running a little bit slow, a little bit kind of weird last week. I think a whole week of practice and and a game under his belt now, getting back in the system. I I. I I agree with you. Witten will probably be on a wayside for this game. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a matter of time, and I think this is a, a good matchup to bench him. So, um, so John, you have the next game. This is a great game. This is there's a lot of fantasy implications in this one. A lot of high end guys. So you have the Saints and the Rams. Break this one down for us. Tell us where to go, where to stay away, and uh, and what to expect. Uh, there's a green light coming from the moon. That's that's uh, so bright it blinds everybody. It's it's the Alvin Kamara uh, for my green light. Um, see Darius Sanders stats from last week against the Rams. Uh, I think Kamara is just going to go absolutely bonkers in this game. I I'm, I don't mean to pick uh, layups again, but how do you stay? I mean, it's the obvious most obvious green light this entire week. I think. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's just it. Is that you know they, while this is a slam dunk, this can help people who, you know, maybe they're using it in DFS, you know, maybe they're looking for a daily play. If you're going to spend up on a guy, John's telling you, man, this is the slam dunk. Alvin Kamara is the guy that you're going to spend up and you're going to want to use this week. And and I think you're right. I think it's a plus matchup from what we saw last week. Um, you know, we saw Christian McCaffrey, who has a very similar skill set uh, to Alvin Kamara, really light up that uh, that that defense. So, you know, I, I, I think it, it renders to, uh, you know, it, it I I, th- I think you're right. I think this, you know, it it would uh, stand a logic that Alvin Kamara would be able to to exploit that matchup. So who's your yellow, yellow light in this game? Uh, Malcolm Brown. Uh, he's going to get some carries, but 
nothing like last week. Uh, he the, he scored two touchdowns last week, even though Gurley looked good and he had a lot more. Gurley had a lot more touches, but uh, that won't be a regular occurrence. Uh, look for Gurley to do a little more with his touches and not leave any scraps in the form of goal line carries for Brown. It's uh, I, Brown's going to get his, but I don't. I think it's they don't want to kill. They don't want to kill uh, Todd Gurley, but they do want to spell him. But I just think Brown made an awesome. Uh, awesome situation out of his opportunities last week. And I'm not, that's not going to happen all the time. So I don't think that you're going to get the performance you had in week one and week two. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, I think no news is good news in, in this, in this regard with Todd Gurley, because it seemed like the Rams didn't really know what to expect with Todd Gurley, how he was going to react after, after this game. And what did he have 14 carries or something for 90 some yards? I mean, he, he looked really good. He, he did. And, it doesn't seem like we heard anything, any issues with the knee. Looks like he's ready to go again. So I think the Rams can slowly but surely start, you know, start increasing his workload a little bit, you know, even if it's little bit by little bit and, you know, see how he reacts because, hey, you know, all news is positive right now. If there's if there's nothing coming out of there and he's ready to go for uh, for the next for week two, uh, I think I think that's a plus for the Rams. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think. Malcolm Brown is a sit, and I think his role might start diminishing this week. So who is your red white? Uh, I got two red lights here, and they're both the defenses on this in this on that field this week. Uh, these are kind of uh, uh, this is gonna be a high scoring game. So I, I know I the defenses are kind of uh, voodoo in the fantasy football world nowadays, but um, some places you have to start a defense. and if if I was on a league that you had to start a defense, I would look elsewhere than to find than to start either one of the Rams or the Saints defense. Yeah, yeah, expecting a shootout here. Um, I think the over-under is pretty high on this one, too. So that that would make sense, John. I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want any part of these defenses. I think I could find better on the waiver wire. So, okay, I have the Eagles and the Falcons, and this one should be fun, too. My green-white is Miles Sanders. My green-white is, uh, is Miles Sanders because, look, I, Miles Sanders had a pretty good game against Washington. He had a, a touchdown called back. He looked to be clearly the best back in Philadelphia. I mean, if you watch the game, you really, it jumps off the screen. He was the most talented guy there. And I think they're going to, I, I, I think the Eagles are going to use him more, um, especially seeing that touchdown that he had, you know, yeah, it did get called back, but you know, it wasn't on any, any fault of his. I mean, Miles Sanders looked really good and he's going against the Falcons. And look, we saw Delvin cook last week and I'm not saying Miles Sanders is Delvin cook, but Dalvin Cook had success against this defense. You got to think, hey, if I'm going to attack this defense, I'm going to do it on the ground. And I think Miles Sanders is the kind of back, a uh, back similar to Dalvin Cook in skill set, uh, the most similar that they have on their roster to him, at least. So um, I, I think Miles Sanders could be in for a nice week this week. I would start him with confidence if I had him. Yeah, um, another I, situation. Darren, like Darren Sproles probably won't see the the, uh, the the amount of work he got last week either. Sanders is going to start growing into the role they drafted him for. Yeah, that that's a good point. We we saw more of Daryl Darren Sproles than than I think we thought we were going to last week. I think uh, he was kind of the guy that cut into Miles Sanders a little bit more. Looks like he's in the way of Miles Sanders a little bit more than Jordan Howard is, which is kind of what we uh, most of us expected at least um, would be would be the case. So it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize those backs. But I do think Miles Sanders is the guy moving forward. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, something to monitor. But I think Miles Sanders starts pulling away from the pack this game. So my yellow light in this is Devonta Freeman. And look, it's really hard to know uh, what this Eagles defense is against the run. I mean, they went up a lot of yards against the pass. Case Keenum obviously had a very nice game. So did a lot of the receiving options there. As far as the running options go, though, we don't really know. I mean, Darius Geis didn't seem to be 100% for that game. Um, so he was kept in check. And it's just hard to know, hey, was it Darius Geis just struggling? in that game or was the defense really, you know, the run defense really that good. Um, Devonta Freeman struggled last week against Minnesota, but if the Eagles defense, you know, is, is, you know, susceptible to the run, which we don't really know yet, in my opinion, um, Devonta Freeman could have a nice game and he could be in line for a few scores, especially because the Eagles defense gave up some scores last week. So in the red zone, Devonta Freeman's still going to be the guy to get the ball. So I think he he's a yellow white. I wouldn't expect a ton because I just don't know what this defense is against the run. You know, um, after week one, we I, I, I still have some questions. Um, so I'm not sure what to expect. John, what do you think here? I'm not sure that Eagles uh, front seven is going to like, give up what they did last week. I think this, is, this yellow light is a great 
be all light. Um, that's their their defensive line is is ridiculous. They got good mm-hmm. linebackers. Um, I, I think if anything, there's going to be a couple more uh, some receiving yards out of the backfield to have more than rushing yards. So I agree with you in this yellow light situation. Defonta Freeman is definitely not someone who I'm starting confidently this week. Yeah, especially after last week, it's really hard to 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 look at uh, at that situation and go. I feel pretty good about it. Um, you know, last week Minnesota up. really shut it shut them down. Um, so yeah, I I you know, and and the game script just called for more passing. But um, just just a, a yeah, an interesting. You know, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know that we got a lot of answers last week with with the the running game for Atlanta or with the run defense for Philadelphia. But I think you're right. That defensive line, uh, that front seven is normally very, very good. I'm just not sure how good yet because we just, I, I just don't know what to attribute. Um, their their strong run defense last week too. Was it guys struggling or was it, uh, you know, yeah, was it uh, was it the Eagles being that good against the run? So we don't know when guys got hurt either. I don't know. I didn't really see mm-hmm. a play where he actually, you know, limped off the field or anything. He might have been hurt early in the game and tried to make it work and just yeah. wasn't effective. And uh, Freeman fumbled a couple times last week, didn't he? Yes, he did. He did. He had some trouble. So there was some rust there, though. Um, You know, obviously, it's his first game in a while. He got injured last year. So uh, first game in a while. So I expect him to to be a little less rusty and to be ready to go a little bit more. But yeah, I I don't expect big numbers from him. Uh, My red light is Zach Ertz. And look, I I, I know. And again, this is tough because look, Atlanta, you know, traditionally, you know, they don't have a great pass defense, right? So you would think Zach Ertz would be a nice play. The problem is, is that we just, I mean, Kyle Rudolph played a bunch of snaps last week. He didn't get it. He didn't get it. He got nothing. He got a goose egg. Now they only, they only passed 10, 10 times. So it's hard to know, yeah. you know, whether or not, it, you know, they, Kyle Rudolph just wasn't targeted because he was blanketed. You know, maybe, maybe they, uh, they, they did a good job at targeting the tight end and, 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 you know, but or maybe it was just, you know, Hey, they had 10 pass attempts. They didn't make it a, a point to target Rudolph, you know, and he's not, he's not one of their top threats like uh, Ertz is in Philadelphia. So um, this, this is a hard sell for me, but um, I definitely think last week when you look at what the Eagles did offensively and Ertz just wasn't a huge part of that. And it's alarming a little bit to me. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey got those two targets in the red zone. He's the one that got the touchdowns. Miles Sanders got a touchdown call back. Zach Ertz just didn't seem involved in that part of the game. And if he's not going to score touchdowns, he's going to have to have 10 receptions for a hundred yards, you know, to really return investment on where he was going in draft. So um, I think, you know, I don't think many people can bench him, but if if you don't have to start a tight end or you're in a league like that where there's no tight end premium, you don't have to start one. Maybe you look elsewhere because uh, yeah. I, I don't know that I don't I don't expect a big game from him. No, that's and you know he's not the only tight end on this team either. Dallas Goddard is right there. He just seems he seems to be cutting into more and more into Ertz's work every week. They have so many options on this team. I mean, they are just a, they're like a circus on the field. They have anybody everybody. Everybody in the backfield, Darren Sproles, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard can catch, but I mean, he's, they don't use him that way, but everybody else on his team is, is, is an acrobat as far as catching the ball. It's, it's crazy. So Ertz is just one of, you know, six options on this team to get catches. And like you said, there wasn't much, there was nothing for the tight end last week. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And the transition to Dallas Goddard is going to happen eventually. You know, you got to think that that's that's coming soon. Um, So, you know, that he could even lose targets to another tight end. Um, All right, John. So you got the last game for us. Cleveland in New York. This is our Monday night game. The Browns and the Jets. As a Browns fan, John, do me right here. Who's your green light? (laughs) I don't know how I got this one, but uh, yeah, green light. OBJ uh, kind of uh, I don't care what he what he wears uh, what kind of watch he wears in the field. It's uh, Baker Mayfield did not look like himself after taking that shot in the end zone last week. Uh, he ended up having a, a nightmare second half, three interceptions. I'll look for that to change this week as the Browns are going to come in uh, with a chip on their shoulder. Um, they already they already they're already a cocky duo. Uh, and they have a lot of proving to do with to the hecklers uh, who bashed him last week for their for the week one performance. These guys are. Everybody's saying they're per- paper champions. I don't think so. I think they really built the team. They got a lot of chemistry, a lot of young t- players who are kind of hungry for, you know, to, to let everybody know that the Browns are no joke. And um, I think o- o- Baker's going to come out with a lot to prove. OBJ's definitely going to come out with a lot to prove. Uh, they didn't pay these guys to, to, to have the games they had last week. Look for a huge improvement from, from this duo. 
Yeah, well, I like it. I, I hope that happens. However, I will say this. Freddie Kitchens, if you are listening, which I doubt he is, but hey, if you're listening, please, please don't ignore the run game. Just stop. Just hand the ball off every once in a while. Nick Chubb was actually making some hay early in the game. Uh, he looked good. The running game looked good. They just abandoned it. They they went away from it, and a lot of it had to do with penalties. Uh, the referees were throwing flags on everything. You know, if a Browns player touched someone, it was a flag. Um, and they were just getting in, you know, in longer situations. But uh, still, you still got to got to use that running game. Um, and I, I hope that that we're not uh, talking about Baker, you know, dropping back 40 times this game because I don't think he'll need to. But no. but I do like the call. I think Odell Beckham can have a nice game here. He's going back to New York. I know it's the Jets, but he's going back to New York. There's a lot of people he wants to prove, uh, you know, prove wrong there. Uh, so I think this is going to be an interesting dynamic. So what did you, who's your yellow light in this game, John? I just wanted to add the Jets have a lot of injuries right now too. So that mm -hmm. look for them to pick apart the defense. Uh, my yellow light here is Le'Veon Bell. Um, it seems like he cleared all his uh, uh, he cleared all his the situations he had in Week One. He his MRI came out clear. Um, the Jets used him like like an I did a red dog last week in Week One. Um, they got him banged up. Uh, look for his touches to be significantly decreased. Uh, and look for Ty Montgomery to take some of the workload and fantasy points off Bell's plate. I uh, I don't see a situation where they use Bell as much as they did in Week One, uh, especially when he, you know, even if everything did come back clear like it did, I, I, I they're going to have to take a little bit easier on him. They can't use him that much. They're going to have to get Montgomery Montgomery involved. They're going to have to pass a little bit, but you know, they the passing game is going to be a different situation now without a quarterback. We'll see what happens. I, yellow light on Le'Veon Bell just he's not going to get the touches he had last week. Yeah, I could see that, John. I could I could definitely see that, man. And again, you know, he was used, and, and the way he was used, you know, fantasy owners are probably, you know, really happy seeing that, you know, oh, man, this guy's not coming off the field. He's a bell cow. They're going to him nonstop, and he's just racking up points, you know, and so so it, it looks good, but you're absolutely right. The problem is that, you know, the longevity of, of you know, that position isn't great, and the fact that you're using him that much right away, you know, for a guy who missed a year, um, no slow transition for him. They just threw him in and, you know, already, you know, we have an MRI on a shoulder. So I think that should serve as a significant, uh, you know, indicator to the Jets and say, hey, look, we got to slow down with this. You know, let's let's uh, let's mix in some time Montgomery here. So I think you're right. I think that happens this week. I do think Le'Veon Bell can still put up some fantasy points. He might even score a garbage time touchdown or something. Um, so he might still be that yellow white. You know, you might still get some points out of him and he's worth starting. But yeah, no, I would temper my expectations as well. John, the red white, it, no offense, but the Jets have got to be full of red whites right now with all the injuries that they got, especially to their star quarterback. Tell me who's your red white. Uh, just an easy one, Trevor Simeon. Uh, Trevor Simeon's never been a, a, a cannon quarterback. He's never been, you know, something that goes out and lights the world on fire. That's what, hence why he's a backup in the NFL. Um, this the Sam Darnold getting mono caught everybody by surprise. I'm not even sure how uh, how Trevor Simmons going to have like two or three days to even practice with the first team. So uh, this is going to be uh, just if you need a quarterback, if this is a super flex league, super flex league, try and find another option here. I, I don't even think Trevor Simmons is a good super flex option. It's it's a worst case scenario. I, I need someone to just fill a spot in a two quarterback league kind of situation, but that's about it. Yeah, John, that's awesome. I can tell you right now, John Hogue and Stompy are somewhere smiling with you saying that Trevor Simeon is uh, is not even a starting super flex. They are agreeing with you. They're probably high fiving you, uh, you know, through the uh, through the the podcast that they're whatever they're listening to it on. Because yeah, I know they're they uh, they had to deal with Trevor Simeon in Denver for far too long. Um, even if it was just a few starts, it was far too long. So yeah, that is our start sits for the week. Um, so, yeah, John, is there anything you want to add? Is there any other player that you think that uh, maybe we overlooked in any of these matchups? Is there anything else that you want to add to it before we uh, before we we sign off here? Some of these games are pretty cookie cutter. I I, uh, I don't I don't really have too much to add as far as these go, but uh, just look for the uh, I mean, look for look for the Browns to just have a much better game than they did last week. That's I know you're a Browns fan. I'm not trying to you know, to throw a lava softball meatball up for you to, to hit out of the park. But look for the Browns. They have a much better game this week than they had last week. Well, I hope so. And and I hope the officiating crew doesn't throw uh, 18 million flags because, man, that was frustrating. The game I'm really looking forward to is the Chargers and the Lions. Um, you know, Chargers are banged up. 
But Philip Rivers always seems to find a way, man, to keep that team involved. I want to see what Austin Eckler is going to look like. Can he keep it up what he did um, last week? Can Carry on Johnson bounce back? Um, you know, TJ Hawkinson, what do we see out of him? I think that that game is full of a lot of young players that I'm kind of looking for. And I want to see, you know, either young players or players in new roles. I really want to see how they perform. So this is going to be an interesting week of all the games we covered. I think uh, that there's there's a lot of fun, fun ones here, fun matchups for week two. And hey, good luck to everybody out there. Hopefully you uh, you win your fantasy matchups. So I am James the Brain. You can find me on Twitter at underscore James the Brain. I was with John McLean, Big Irish. You can find John at John McLean 75 on Twitter. Um, I want to also thank Ethan Turner um, for breaking down the matchups and the injuries and players to avoid and stinky starts for fantasy football week. Um, you can find Ethan at Ethan Turner underscore PT. And also I want to thank John Hogue for helping out with that segment as well. You can find John Hogue at Superflex Dude, um, the Superflex Super Show at Superflex Show, uh, one of many great podcasts for the Dynasty League football at DLF Football on Twitter. Uh, family of podcasts, again, hosted by John Hogue at Superflex Dude. Myself, Sam Stompy Lane at FF Stompy, Brian Har at Brian Har FF, um, Ethan Turner, John McLean, and Ryan Miller at Ryan Miller NFL. Uh, we're featuring weekly Dynasty football content focused on Superflex, 2QB, and other alternative scoring settings. Special thanks to Heart and Soul Radio for their song, The Addiction. And special thanks to Dynasty League football family of podcasts and the entire DLF staff for their ongoing support. Follow and send questions, trade polls to the podcast on Twitter at Superflex Show. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, now